Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to a very special edition of the Cryptomaniacs podcast. Hard Fork Honored. Day. It's Hard Fork Day. It's happy Hard Fork Day, everyone. Uh, I have a I have a spoon. I guess it's not really a fork, um, but uh, hard forks. We're talking hard forks and uh, our, our resident expert in hard forks and all things hard cool. Just returning from his trip to uh, Amsterdam for uh, High Fest, uh, Mr. Brian of London is back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, round of applause. The good sir is back. Honored to have him. I think this is appearance 50 or 52 mm-hmm. or something like that on the show. So you should just bring him on like every week. Like, you know, what the hell? Right, Task? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he just shows up when he wants on CTT. So I just presume he'd show up here when he wants to, too. He'll just pop in and it's like uh and the difference is on ctt it's on twitter so they don't even know who they're popping in till brian starts talking then they're like oh it's brian hi brian <laughs> they have some idea yes hello everybody i'm back though this time you invited me didn't you task yes so, uh, i did not invite myself which is you game. can though dude i want you to know, know. any time like you know yeah yeah you're, i, I well, can't say i haven't been busy though you have you've been traveling you know everywhere around the world well and, the uh, last time he showed up johnny just got back from his sailboat trip so right you know, yes he, you know the, the, the rough he, said, he was roughing it on the seas right yeah, yeah on a yacht or something yeah. <laughs> you know it's uh the, the yacht uh, has itself the yacht does actually have a hive account now where, that, where it speaks with its own voice so sea explorer uh, on Hive, <laughs> you can read that's, about it. That's getting pretty scary now. Now, now, now we're Hive is the Internet of Things, uh, the, the the chain for Internet of Things, I guess. But no, actually, the reason why I wanted you on, and and I know it's been you know just a, a, a couple weeks since Hive Fest, so we don't have to to delve too deep into your projects. But uh, there are some things you talk about not so much at HiFest in other areas that I think are important as we start to see the Ethereum merge and centralization there and some other things. So we'll get into that. But uh, you sent out a tweet this morning that said uh, High Fork uh, value for value was running great after the High Fork. You were doing some final checks. It seemed like everything was going good. So why don't you just give us a quick update uh, for those who didn't see your presentation at HiFest. Just do a quick update on V4V and, and Podping. So you can let everybody know where where those stands and maybe where they stand, excuse me, and maybe where you're going the next three to six months with them. Yeah, well, um, as I sit here right now, looking to my left a little, uh, V for V, the Lightning to Hive bridge is working uh, flawlessly from the user's point of view. Behind the scenes, I'm getting some bizarre errors where I, every six hours or so, I update a post with the current 
um, costs, how much you know you get for four hundred thousand sats and so on, uh, and that bit's failing, but it's entirely un. It's giving me OCD seeing a whole screen full of nastiness, but uh, it doesn't actually stop the thing from working. And I've already had a uh, my usual my. I'm very popular in. I'm big in Cuba. I'm not sure if that's legal in America, and I'm sure not sure that will help with my visa problem getting into America now that I'm now significantly sought after property in Cuba. Um, but but yeah, the Cuban the our Cuban hive people have really taken in, and in fact. The account that was raising a lot of money for uh, victims of the hurricane, because, of course, Ian breezed through Cuba before it got to Florida and it did tons of damage there. And they're in far less good shape than Florida is to deal with this kind of stuff. Um, But the money they've been raising, they've been putting a lot of it out through the Lightning Network to buy things because apparently you can actually, you know, go into real stores and buy real food and and you know, proper things that people need with lightning. And so when you give them 50 hive dollars, uh, it gets converted to lightning and they get the full value of it. There's almost no fees involved. And in fact, I gave them a large, I gave them a much bigger donation than all the fees I'm going to charge them. So they're way ahead. So that's, you know, I, I, I don't want to take fees for charity. So that's all working. Um, didn't take a lot of, to be honest, it was quite new, high, uh, high for, hard for, 26 hasn't caused that it i didn't need to change much pod ping i was a little bit more worried about um because of the resource credits changes uh, pod ping sends out custom JSONs. that's all it does um mm. we send out you know uh, uh five, five thousand a day or so something like that yeah from five main accounts and a few other minor ones and I'm up to now, I've been uh, delegating Hive to all those accounts. Now, this period, anyway, I I did update the, the software behind it, along with the help of my friend Alex, who's fantastic. Um, we ha- we've deployed, there's a few more deployments to go, but the old version is still working. But I have a feeling that if it stops, it won't restart, which is a problem. Um, but it's working. I'm watching the resource credits usage and my goal is to be able to undelegate because I've got like uh, the primary accounts have got 1,300 or 1,500 Hive delegated to them. And of course, that's unused Hive power because it doesn't vote or do any of the other useful stuff. It's just delegated. I'll withdraw that delegation and replace it with an RC delegation. But I can't do that immediately because there's five days. You have to withdraw the Hive delegation, which takes five days before you get it back. Then you have to wait for your RCs to top up. Then you can delegate the RCs. So I've got done a bit of a, I've just basically thrown a Hive power at the whole problem. And so I've got my Podping account, which does the delegation. And then I've got my Brian of London account, which is just delegated a thousand hive to everybody who you know so i'll draw down the delegation from Podping, replace that with rc delegations and then draw down my brian of london but i think you know within two weeks it'll be i'll, I'll see where i stand but there's no that's the thing about this net this chain is that the worst that's going to happen is i'm going to lose a few dollars worth of um of 
rewards I could have got for curation. Big deal. You know, it's like, it's not a cost. It's not like the gas fees on Ethereum. Uh, I, I wrote an article about that the other day, and it, it's people don't realize because there there's a project called Scale, S-K-A-L-E, on Ethereum, yeah. which is promoting itself. And there was an article written about that it's it's the new newest in Web3 because it's tied to Ethereum and it, it has no no cost, no transaction fees which isn't true. There's no transaction fees to the user. They roll the transaction fees over the applications. So there still is a transaction. It is an improvement. I will admit that where, you know, if the user doesn't have to pay for social media on Web3 and the application is, okay, that is that makes a little more sense as long as the yeah. app, application's monetizing. But it's still an expense. It's still a cost. Every time they transact and pay that transaction fee, it's a cost. We have the costs and resource credits, which is a, a made-up quantifiable system, and those resource credits recharge. So like you said, you still own your Hive power. You don't lose anything. And if Hive goes from $0.50 cents to $5, you actually 10x your, uh, Correct. your, your yeah, investment. Yeah, it, it's, and I can use it. And, and this change to RC delegations, making everything more expensive is a good thing because, you know, we, we have to keep an eye on what is sustainable. What What is the real cost of running the hardware that I am borrowing? Because that's the beauty of what I've done with Podping is that we're making use of a global system which other people run for us to use. And I know that they are rewarded. They get their rewards. They're happy to be running the computers. They pay their hosting costs. It, it all works, but it only works if that you know the cost to me of each individual pod ping uh, does reflect what it costs to keep the network going and it, and you know there's this delicate balance and it it has to be reviewed all the time and changed and this is what i love about hive and the hard fork process you know first of all we got we got the top 20 witnesses were all signaling uh, 26 pretty much yesterday um the you know way down the list people have stepped up upgraded um it and it happens by true consensus in the human version you know it really does and and i i'm i'm in constant awe of it uh because you know i look at you know i spend a lot of time with my other hat in the lightning world and we actually had a, a overnight uh, night before last uh, was that Saturday into Sunday or Sunday into Monday? I don't know. Days lose their meaning. Um, somebody did a transaction on Bitcoin uh, where they're experimenting with his new thing, Taproot, or I think it's Taproot mm -hmm. that he was using. And he did, <laughs> he did the craziest. He did a transaction which involved a uh, uh, an account that needs 998 signatures out of 999. <laughs> so, so, so imagine you have a Bitcoin wallet and you give 998 keys to different people, or 999 keys. You need all but one of them in order to make some, to make some Bitcoin move. Anyway, a guy experimented with this new capability put this one transaction into the Bitcoin blockchain and 
bricked most of the lightning nodes around the world. It, it, lightning was still working, but the bit where lightning has to talk to Bitcoin, I, and which is what you need every time you want to open or close a channel or get Bitcoin out of lightning or into lightning, that broke until the, you know the, the one of the core parts of lightning had to be updated and it was a stupid little you know condition that was wrong you know somebody had put you know a constant in there and it just needed it to be i think they went from this constant being a few hundred to being four million now and we can you know <laughs> unless i don't know i think unless somebody tries a four million signing which will cost a fortune but but anyway that and that but that that happened in lightning and it's just headless chicken everywhere and the other thing the bit that we have is we've got our own internal communication system mm -hmm. you know everything you need to know about the hive hard fork is written on hive it's not on github or gitlab i mean it's in those places too but the the authoritative version is hive you know, it, it's it's block trades and how wow, and we all know where to look and hive.io. But we've got our internal system, whereas when when lightning goes down, it's just tweets and telegram channels and discord servers. It's a mess. Yeah. And, and you know, even somebody like Marky Mark put together a, a post and. He basically had a lot of technical stuff. He wrote it for the developers and for some of those who aren't quite so certain what to do. So you're, you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, that is the wonderful part about Hive and, and what I'm involved in. I'm doing something similar with Leo Glossary as you, exactly. where I'm using this, this decentralized infrastructure that to me has no cost. It, I know it has resource credits, but unlike Wikipedia, you know, I as long as I have enough resource credits, I, I can interact. And then in some of the other things I'm involved in with the finance and 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 looking at building JP Morgan on Hive or actually on the second layer and, and some of this in time vaults, it, it's you're right, because we get these ideas flowing by writing blog posts and then people respond to them and they have questions. And, you know, Addicted wrote a post yesterday about Hive bonds, which I wrote about in January. And, you know, that set off. I wrote another post this morning about it and there's conversations and this is how we can communicate and make things grow. And, you know, if all of a sudden you, you log on and you say, what the hell is Tass talking about? John can say here and send you links to the post and it's all right there. And it's like, oh, and then you can read the comments and people put other links. And it's like you try. Oh, well, it's in Discord. Okay, where in Discord? What group? Well, who, who who are these people? Where are send they? Send me the, the link. What's your I can't even log on. I can never find anybody on Discord. If somebody says, Oh yeah, find me on Discord. No, I can't. I won't. It won't work. But you have that's to have okay. your we name can't and find then some... you on Twitter either. We don't we can't find it's... you on Twitter either. I, I tried to tag Brian of London yesterday on Twitter about the show and, and for some reason I you were incognito. You were in Oh uh, no, he's oh, he's He's a public enemy number one with Twitter, man. I mean, you know, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe with Elon coming back, maybe Elon will say, you know what, a, 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 a good good joke, uh, a good joke about history is, is perfectly acceptable. I would like to find, I need to find someone who can put me in touch with John Cleese. Now, John Cleese is a bit of a lefty, but I still believe that if he were to hear 
why and how I was banned, he would like mm. that, or at least he would take up the case. I think the combination of John Cleese and uh, Elon Musk would uh, would get me back on Twitter. But I don't want to. I mean, you know, and I'm doing my V for V app account, which I'm sticking uh, quite carefully to stuff related to that. Yeah, I, you're I using of, it for business uh, promotion. Yeah, I'm tired of, you know what, I'm not doing political arguments or the, you know, uh, American politics or even Israeli politics. Uh, I, I, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I just am bored with it. I'd rather just, you know, like I, I feel like at least I'm doing my small part in fixing the world here with this stuff. You know, if I'm if I'm allowing Cubans to um, to, you know, buy I canned think. goods, yeah. I, I think that's more important, actually. And, and I don't really care about I, I'm not I'm not all that bothered about, uh, you know, the rich nations adopting crypto i am more interested in nigeria and uh and south america and and some of these other places i think that's where that's where we're going to win first yeah. and and you know let the, the 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 rich world you know fall over um mm. i've got to turn off this screen that's every minute it's trying to post something and it's saying exception now auth last post edit is hive common own can only perform one comment edit per block and i'm pretty yeah. sure i'm not doing anyway ah these are the little glitches <laughs> but it's worry, behind the scenes send you a, a I'll, message on Discord. Yeah, I'll get right on it ryan i'll uh yeah. something something i wanted to ask you though and i'm sure we're going to dive into more hard fork stuff because this is hard fork day and we uh we're on 26 so it's exciting but you uh, like we we mentioned when the show started, you've been traveling and you got back from Hive Fest. Do you want to talk about your experience? Mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure that yeah. was your first that was your first Hive Fest Steam Fest for you sure. know, back in the day. Well, so you know, uh, share with us your experience of it. It was the first in-person one because I went to the two virtual ones because right. I kind of I joined Steam uh in the summer before the Thailand uh one, but I wasn't like uh I wasn't sort of deep enough in to um to commit to flying to thailand which is a bit of a trek from here uh and um so i didn't go to that one and andrew my friend who brought me into to steam he didn't go because i think his twins were born like that's a that's that aps week. hamilton right Online. aps hamilton mm -hmm. yeah okay it's all uh, right. so and then COVID happened and we had two virtual ones uh, and I spoke at this second one. I think, did I speak? I didn't speak at the first one. I'm not sure. Um, but I spoke at the second one and uh, I had to go as I've told, as I told you the last time I said, like, it's like I work for Hive now, you know, the, 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 the DHF pays me. It's, at, I feel a responsibility to go and give a report on, what I've been up to with the money. Uh, and obviously I wanted to, and I went to meet, it, it's all about meeting the people, meeting, you know, I, I'm in groups on Mattermost and I read all the posts, but you have to meet the people and, you know, find out who Gandalf is and uh, and <laughs> block trades and, you know, you know, sit down and chew the fat with these people. It, it's totally different in person. Uh, and it's, it's really interesting. And what's, what, Okay, overriding impressions. Okay, the event, first of all, Roland put together a great event. Really interesting because 
you know, you can you can do these corporate events where you're in some big corporate soulless Marriott in, you know, on the river walk in San Antonio or something like that. And you're right. stuck in some windowless uh, room for two days. Some guy with a PowerPoint going, look at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sales in the third quarter were up 22%. You know, it's like, um, this was the exact opposite. Firstly, every day was a different, you know, the two days were in different venues. Mm -hmm. The the, the evening, we had to walk from the, the, you know, hotel to the venues, which was great. It was raining, which was great because I haven't seen rain since like May. Uh, well, no, June when I was on the boat in front in the south of France was the last time I saw rain. Um, but you know, it was just interesting places, nice to look at. So Roland did a great job with that. And then the mix of people is so bizarre because yeah. we are not a techie project only. We've got our absolute, you know, hardcore, how wow, Gandalf, block trades, these guys, then you have me and, and gals. <laughs> but then we've got artists, business people. Right. We've got this bizarre mix. And then the talks are just all over the map, which makes yeah. it much more interesting. Yeah, yeah. You had block trades and hobo, and then somebody's talking about strawberry punch or something. Yeah, and you've got the musician game guys, and I, I mean, I can't even like to just this. There's so much going on, and it's it's a pleasure to sort of sit down with these people, have some beers. Uh, it it just it just works. Uh, you know, I just can't I can't speak highly of it enough, really. It was, I mean, I went to Steamfest 3 in, in Poland, and it was just like you ex- explained there. It was like every every day was different. Um, Roland puts on, like, you know, this epic show. Like, it, it feels like you're at a real event. It's like, he, what he always said is he said he mixes, like, a vacation into the event. So it's like kind of you're, you're seeing the sights and you're doing this and that. And he just puts on a great show. And, and again, like you said, it's not, it doesn't have a corporate feel at all. It has a very... Well, well, John, let me exact... ask you: how, how does in-person High Fest compare to in-person Splinter Fest? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You're killing me, man. Dude, <laughs> I like I, I, this stupid COVID stuff is ridiculous. Man. Like the only reason is that why I'm, you I'm, couldn't go? I well, I can't. I can. So Canada got rid of everything, so we can come and go as we please now. You don't need vaccinations, but America, you still need to be vaccinated into the country if you're go not Joe Biden. Yeah, if you're not an American citizen. So I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. We're ready to go to Vegas for Splinterfest. And, of course, you know, they don't drop it. So I'm stuck here in, you know, the tundra. So, you know, it is what it is. Anyway. John really, really, really wanted to go. I was pissed, man, watching it all this past. Where did he go? uh, He left. He's still here. He's just, he shut his video down. that's. Okay, no, I I have a. Oh, that's weird. I touched my YubiKey and it turned off the video. How did that nice. happen? Okay. Maureen told me not to touch that. I'd go blind. But anyway, uh, you know, that's a different Don't fiddle with your YubiKey, people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. Uh, no, so High Fest was fantastic. Um, it, let it me ask great. you, Brian, on, on that. Do you feel, and I know you were very high on High before, do you feel uh, more optimistic about High after being there, meeting <laughs> these people, seeing it, or were you already so high you didn't really... Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to uh, it's hard to push me up. But it's like my optimism about Hive is like I don't want it to be discovered yet. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm literally I'm serious. It's not that we're not ready. It's just we've got so much more we can build at a steady, reasonable pace that we can cope with. That, and and I don't know when it will happen, but. Something will come along. Maybe it's Podping. Maybe it's value for value on podcasts. Maybe it's stuff we haven't invented yet. I mean, I I've got some thoughts of stuff like I wish someone would build. I, I'm going to have to write them up as posts because I don't have time for all of these ideas. But there's there's so much we can do with this as developers. And the way Hive the way Hive wins is not through the kind of classical blogging interface that we use. But it's when somebody comes up with an application for which Hive is the perfect back end, the perfect authentication system, like Splinterlands has done. I mean, Splinterlands, you don't need to know pretty much anything about Hive and you're playing with Hive. But Hive is a, such an integral part to what makes Splinterlands great that people don't understand because they don't understand that those cards are NFTs, but they're real NFTs. They're, they're something tradable. They're, they're tradable, but unique, but not unique. It, it's a totally they have weird. They have utility. And Hive has utility in and of itself, which is why the HBD has value. We give HBD value. And, and that's why, you know, I approve of this move to the 30%, but only if we keep generating the value in Hive. And that's what we're doing. That's what I look around and I see the other projects people are doing, the different games, um, the different uses. I mean, like, just throwing this one out, we should be, there should be a substack on Hive. All you have to do to, to add to make Substack on Hive is add an email backend, which is not, when I say all, it's actually quite a complicated, it's actually quite a complicated thing to get right. Killing me. And man. to do the formatting. I know. But <laughs> Substack on Hive, why not? You own the stuff, you own everything you post, you own your list of create that you're sending it to. Just, just somebody just do it. And and that's the other thing is I see, I see these telephone book numbers that people raise and and like I'm I'm sitting here getting my you know $12 an hour and I'm thinking what on earth do you do if you raise 25 million dollars where where do you what do you do with it I, yeah I, I wouldn't, it, it, I it's interesting I was talking to the the speak network guys you you smoking them a lot and, and Dan one day I I forget whether it was I was just listening to CTT or I was talking to them on something and they said one of the things about Speak Network is they're going to build out the first couple, um, including the money they put in, the first couple phases for three hundred grand. And like yeah. you said, you see these VCs, $25 million, $40 million, $50 million. It's like, what the hell are you guys building? 
where, where, where is all the money go? I, I don't get it. And that's, but that's the difference between, you know, this sort of bootstrapping. Uh, look, I would like to be, I would like, if I had a full-time front-end dev working for me, but I kind of, I'm scared of this because I know that then I have to, I'll wind up having to over, I, I, I don't know. I'm almost ready for, for doing that. And I might well have to do it soon because there's more I want to do. And, I, and I'm just one person. But in the on the other hand, keeping control, keeping like your arms around the project, it, it just feels right. That, I think for people like you, Brian, for me, for John, for, for Blaine, for, for Dan and Starkers, uh, uh, probably even for block trades, Hoo and, and and a lot of people, Archange and uh, Asidio. What you just said there, there's so much more you want to do. We all say that. I mean, how many times do, do do we think that and say, "Oh, I could do this and I could do this." And it's like, "Oh shit, I got like three years worth of work just with what I've agreed to do." And you know, it's like John and and CTP, and you know, I've talked to them a little bit, and you know, him and Blaine and Eliana have all these ideas, and it's like, "Well, Blaine's sitting there saying that's all great, but I got like six months of coding just with what you've given me right now," and <laughs> that is really. That's what, you know, that's what I think is going to keep pushing higher forward is because we have so many people who say, you know, okay, that's great that we built this. That's great that you 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 have Podpink, but let's build a whole financial network on Hive. Let's build a whole affiliate marketing network on Hive. Let, let's create more applications that do content discovery. Let's, 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 let's. And let's like, replace gilts and bonds, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, the broken international bond market. Yeah, yeah I well, mean, why not? I mean, look, you can't do worse than the British government. Yeah. Listen, you know, I, 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 you know, I I was at school with someone whose father was a a civil servant in the UK. And um, this father, he, uh, you remember the program Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister? You ever watch these? Classic British comedy. Okay. It's kind of like it was... Okay, if you many in the audience will remember Yes Minister. Anyway, my friend's father was basically a Sir Humphrey, uh, and he rose to be the senior, most senior civil servant at the Department of Works and Pensions, um, the DWP. And and I remember distinctly him one day telling me that the entire pension system and actually the healthcare systems of the UK and of course all of Europe are a Ponzi scheme. Unless you have a growing population, ain't gonna work. And so, what have they done? They've tried to replace domestic populations with imported immigrant populations, and with varying degrees of uh, success or failure. But the fact that it was it was the it was an impending collapse of an overleveraged pension system last week that drove the pound down to a horrific level. Um, you know, and I know lots of people here uh, who like, you know, retired people here who get income in pounds. The Israeli shekel's killing them. It's killing because the Israeli shekel's actually kept up with the dollar. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of the few world currencies that and the ruble, obviously, because, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't want we wouldn't want sanctions to 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 work. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. 
But everywhere else is getting crucified by the almighty dollar, which is in and of itself also shaky as heck. I can't. I don't even. What's the Canadian dollar? The Canadian dollarette worth at the moment? Dude, I couldn't even cents. tell you. Yeah, it's 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 you know. John James, what Hive's at right now? So I couldn't. Even, I couldn't tell you what Hive is at. I couldn't tell you what Bitcoin is at. I pay no attention to any of it. I'm just. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I, I tend. I tend not to care either, except that I do. I do buy Bitcoin with Hive from time to time because I have to kind of keep topping up. Um, yeah. Though it's, I'm, I'm getting actually getting closer to parity in that I'm getting closer to what I really want, which is where I get about, you know, roughly the same amount going from Hive to Bitcoin as I get from Bitcoin to Hive. Uh, it's still a little bit more Hive to Bitcoin. Um, if if but, you want pricing out of John, just ask him what a gold foil legend is. He'll be able to tell you that. Oh, dude, yeah, I got I got the economy of Splinterlands down to a science. No problem with that. You know, I know I know what SPS is trading at every day of the week. I mean, you know, no problem. <laughs> well, I'm just a complete. He doesn't idiot. know what gas is costs them, or or what you guys say over in Europe, petrol costs them. Uh, but he knows what what uh, SPS is and DEC are going for. Um, one of the things you wanted to talk. Yeah. Go on. Uh, you wanted to talk about something to do with um, uh, well finance. We, we've had the Ethereum merge, and and obviously the the as they say the tide went out, and we saw a lot of bear butts with Ethereum. Uh, there's been many articles talking about how well suddenly now they switched to proof of stake, and the centralization is really rearing its ugly head, and all this other stuff, and. You know, obviously, this has given a big push to Hive because Hive, we can look at our block producers. There's, you know, whatever, 120 of them, uh, not correlated to too much of a degree. I mean, uh, CTP and Speak are block producers, but so is Hoo, so is uh, uh, Block Trade, so is Marky. You know, you got people all over the world, <clears throat> but. And then we got token distribution, which are coin voting. I mean, nobody really has more than three or four percent of the total uh, token distribution. And of course, our top 20 witnesses, if as long as you stay in the top 20, all 30 or 31 days, you get exactly the same number of blocks to produce uh, because of the rotation basis. And then the 21st is rotated around. So we have all that going for us. And so we sit here and say Hive is decentralized. Hive cannot be attacked. But. That's not exactly true, because if we go into the infrastructure of the Internet, we start to realize that there are some mm -hmm. problem areas. And this is something that you've touched upon uh, a few different times. You've touched upon on these shows and, and you, I heard you mention it on CTT a few weeks ago. And that really got me thinking. And I say, OK, this is worthy of a discussion here. So. I don't know which direction you want to go with it, but where are some point of vulnerabilities that you see and what are some possible solutions to that? Um, the I'll give you an example, actually, of one from Lightning side. Um, most Lightning home systems, this Umbral and Citadel and the Raspberry Pi based Lightning nodes that people run at home, they tend to run them behind the Tor network because you don't want to expose them onto the main internet with an IP address and you don't actually have a static IP address at home. So if you want to do that, then you need a reverse proxy and it's, it's technically complicated. So they put them on the Tor network 
Uh, and Tor is under massive attack for some reason. It's being DDoSed all the time. It's a piece of garbage. It's slow. It's unreliable. And, you know, slow you can deal with, but what you can't deal with is slow and intermittent. Intermittency, I mean, like, like right today, like in the few hours before the hard fork, with certain bits of Hive API nodes sort of going on and offline as they were being upgraded, that was the worst time on earth to be testing things, which I was testing. Tor is just flaky, but Lightning is kind of built on it. But here's the problem for Lightning. They've got no internal way. And, and this, this, the root of this problem, their problem, is that Bitcoin gives no love to anybody but the miners. Only mining is rewarded financially by Bitcoin. Lightning has built on top of it and Lightning has come up with this routing payment system and people paying for liquidity. But it's 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 slim pickings compared to what the miners get for mining the blocks. But the miners are paying huge energy bills. So it, it's, it all washes out in the wash and they're paying for this ridiculous hardware that they can't use for anything else. So their economy is at, at its root. Bitcoin, Bitcoin's greatest invention was that it incentivized people to keep it running but its greatest failure was that it gave no allocation for any development any change any improvements like the lightning network so who's paying for the lightning network well it's being paid for with vc money of course now over on hive we've got this massive advantage which is that we do have funds to improve ourselves so we do have ways that people who are making cool projects can get paid and people who are doing useful or fantastically useful core development work can get paid. So that that side of it works. Now, what infrastructure do we rely on? Well, we all use web hosting and we're not too bad. We're not like massively skewed around Amazon web services and Google and we're not that bad. There are a few sort of, you know, everybody's on Privex and Privex has got a few data centers in Europe. But I think we're we're, we're better than most <clears throat> on that side. Andrew tried running his node at home, which sort of worked. But in the end, I think he's moved it to a cloud-based solution now. The bit that I worry about is um, that a lot of people are using Cloudflare. Cloudflare have built something amazing. I mean, you know. What, what is Cloudflare? Cloudflare is the edge of the internet for most projects. So what I mean is um, I rent a server from um, Privex and it sits in a data center somewhere in Europe. But I, I'm too, I, only, I can only rent one. I only need one server to do what I'm doing. Um, but if I want that to be accessed by people all over the world, it's better if they access a computer closer to them than all the way over in Europe. Cloudflare, and for free, uh, for the level of what I'm using it for, lets me change things around so that if, the, when somebody goes to v4v.app, most of the content might come from a computer that Cloudflare runs 
that's very close to that to, to, to that person. Cloudflare is the edge of the internet. I know that PeakD are using it and many other high front ends because it speeds things up tremendously. Now, part of the speak network is to replace that function. It's called, and part of that is called CDN, a content delivery network. But Cloudflare does something else, which I don't, see you know i can only see it a long way off which is cloudflare can mitigate against against mitigate against attacks like ddos attacks where some malicious entity decides to take you off the internet and they just they get tens of thousands of uh, hacked uh, routers like i've got behind me on the desk here to just start sending traffic all to your website at the same time. Now, if your website is behind Cloudflare or behind Google's product that does this or Microsoft's, then they can absorb these attacks and you stay online. If you don't have a Cloudflare, you're gone. And you know it's a weakness of the internet. Can we incentivize with Hive systems to replace Cloudflare? Not really. I mean, if you, you go, I don't know what the market cap or valuation of Cloudflare is, but it's it's more than Alto. Well, it's probably, I don't know. What are, what are we? We're 300 billion or something for our token. Um, 300 million, I mean. No, Cloudflare yeah. is going to be worth a lot more. It's going to be 10x that. So, no, we can't um we can't replace that and but does it does it does it mean we can be taken off the web i don't think so not so easily uh the back end our back end bit the way we process the blocks and the way that the peer to peer network that block trades has built around that that's pretty good but front end wise web 2 is still very strong so yeah, I, I at least see that we've got kind of, we've got the, the, the bits in place that might help us make that work. So, so you say the CDN that uh, Speak Network is building <clears throat> helps to alleviate that some, but they, I presume, if I'm understanding you correctly, they would be susceptible to DDoS attacks. I, yeah, I don't think it would provide. I don't think, I don't think they've got anything on the drawing board right now that would do DDoS protection the way Cloudflare does it. But that's not to say it can't be done. But you know, it's just that that it, there is a lot of stuff that needs to be built uh, in a different way. And and maybe it, you know the approach is not to try and copy Cloudflare because you can't there might be some other way uh, of, of doing all of this stuff. And um, yeah, I, you know, I just, we don't know until we start, but I think we're, we're better off than 99% of projects because we can actually, we've, we've managed to do this thing of tying incentives to what we want done in a way that very rarely are they aligned so well um you know the 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 amount you know the split that goes to running witnesses it's just enough the split that goes to content creation and curation 
I don't know whether that's going to stay the same or perhaps that comes down and development budgets go up. I don't know. But we, we've at least got these variables to play with and we're not afraid of changing them. And, and the DHF, you know, that stroke of genius of what happened during the hard, the, you know, the, the steam high fork, that that's changed the game for us. That's been a real game changer because those DHF funds have largely, I, th I think they've had a very good track record. I mean, a few little, you know, bits of nonsense got funded that never produced much, but that's the nature of development work. That's the nature of any kind of business investment. You know, most of it fails. I think we've actually had a better strike rate than most startups. I would agree because I, I think there's the dedication from people like you who feel that responsibility that you want to throw your laptop, but you just say, you know what, I'm going to make this work because these people are, are sending me money every hour and they, I said, I'm going to do it. And, and they're looking for this. So um, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rank our vulnerability based upon what you just said? And, and like you said, we're better than most. We have stuff in place. But on a scale of 1 to 10 on this back end stuff, not talking, okay, the witness notes and block producers, but what you were just referring to, would you put this at like a 1 or a 2 or is it an 8 or 9? How, how big a threat is it in your estimation? Honestly, I am, I guess I'm not the right person to ask. I, I just don't know. Um, I, I get, you know, I have a good feeling about it. Um, I, I, you know, I have a, a pretty good feeling that, um, that we know what we're doing. Uh, I think our key systems are pretty good. Uh, I think, I, look, using Hive is, it's trickier. For, for the end users, it's harder. It's just, it's harder. But then again, I look at, you know, I look at everybody I know deal with a username and a password and they, you know, they're lost. They're all using the same passwords or if they're not using the same passwords, they're just hitting, I forgot my password every single time to log in. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't think we're, I don't think we were now. Are we vulnerable to a kind of malicious overuse of our resources? Uh, attack I think we probably are in some way that I can't think of but on the back end I think we're responsive and fast and we're we're not beyond changing quickly so I don't I think we could you know and the new resource credit system behind the scenes there's dials that they can turn pretty quickly so if a if a if if it was found that something was spamming the net, the chain horribly, we could stop that. Um, the question is, how much you know control is in the hands of how many people? And and we've got this balance. It is a balancing act. You know, there are, but it would take it takes you know sixteen or seventeen people reaching consensus minimum. But it's not those people. It's all the people who are voting for them, it, it, we can come to, you know, decisions to change our direction quite quickly. And that that's our primary uh, defense against any weakness that we have. You know, it's like because 
trying to, you know, it's like the the French with the Maginot line between the 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 First and the Second World Wars, or or, or which whichever war, you know, the French built this huge wall, and the Germans just went through, you know, went went over the top and round and through Belgium and Poland. It's like whatever if you your only response to threats should be more flexibility. We just need to know that we're flexible. Flexible and spread out. I mean, that that to me is what creates resiliency. Uh, you, you go in a horizontal direction and you try to eliminate as much vertical uh, systems as you can and go horizontal. That's resilient when you're looking at systems like these. And it does, and, and I did write about this because in my study of centralization versus decentralization of, of entities, decentralization yeah. loses in the short term because centralized is much more efficient. But in the long term, decentralized ends up winning because A, it's more resilient and B, it's more innovative. Because when you have all these people spread out and you have all these people doing their own thing, innovation does not get stifled like it does in vertical organizations where, oh, Brian, you want to do that pod ping? Okay, write up a uh, pro forma for us, write up a, a, a paper for us, and we will submit it up the chain. And then we'll have a committee meeting in six months. And if you get the three approval, then we'll send it to the board and blah, blah, blah. Whereas you just go out and build the sucker. I actually... Before I before I suggested Podping to the podcasting 2.0 guys, I actually went on to you know one of the the, the chat groups, and I said, do, do do I need to ask anybody's permission to do this? And it's like, I know I don't, but I did. <laughs> and it's like, why are you asking? It's like you know if you've got the resource credits for it, just build it. It's it's like I, you know we we can't stop you. We might suggest, but and but the point is, I was there to ask, what's the best way I can do this that doesn't mess up anything else? And and you know, this is something Dan Dan uh, talks about all the time, which was that, you know, it's the classic thing where crypto, where crypto kitties took down Ethereum, because it socialized the costs of its success across all the other projects. You know, if I you know, Splinterlands to a certain extent has made you know custom jsons expensive but not very much <laughs> you know they're still not very expensive and nobody's using anything like the number that they're using uh and so it, it just it shows the way forward um there was another point i was just thinking and i blew it out of my head what were you saying how did you go into this you said wind back um what are we you talking about, Task? That I went off in the Task tangent. forgets what he was talking about two seconds ago. Like you're after... <laughs> I mean, which part? I mean, it's it, it's uh, you know when when you just start to look. I mean, the overall idea is he's the, talking about vulnerability, resiliency, and efficiency. Uh, oh no, efficiency, resiliency, de decentralization. Like yeah. Also, you you come up with a. I mean, I've said this every time. Blockchains are the absolute worst slowest most ridiculous databases you can imagine but they are the only ones you can share with a near infinite number of people and not have to have 
you know, a, a, a sign-up sheet, you know, mm. not have to have an access control system. It's like we share this database with everyone and everyone can read it. Everyone can write to it. You just need a little bit. You just need to stake a bit of hive. You can write. It's amazing what 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 happens when you pull all the data. Uh, and I mean, like, at least we're not, you know, at least we're not haven't been declared a terrorist organization like Meta was today. Did you see this? Russia, Russia has declared uh, Meta <laughs> to be a terrorist organization. Well, I, I don't always agree with Putin and the Russians, but I don't know if I can argue with that <laughs> viewpoint. I might be able to make that point for for the Russians and, and to anybody. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, they used to call Google the evil empire. I, I think they were replaced by Meta. But anyway, uh, I wish I could say more, but I, I can't say much about our court case in, in Australia, but there are letters going, letters, there are emails going backwards and forwards like you wouldn't believe. And at some point, we will be able to tell you what Meta has asked us for. And oh my, and it, it's going in front of the judge tomorrow, I think, and it's going to blow up. And and we were, <laughs> we were laughing, chuckling to ourselves and deciding whether or not we should cite the fact that they've been declared a terrorist organization by Putin, but we're probably not going to use that at this stage. <laughs> Putin right now seems to have the credibility of Elon Musk. You might want to avoid both of them for, for the moment until they get in a little bit, till till their ratings get up like Joe Biden too. You might want to avoid mentioning him. His ratings are in the toilet. But what, going back to the hard fork, one, one important thing, because you, you, you touched upon this and you know, when, when you look at Splinterlands, when you look at Podping, when you look at whatever's created, when you talk about an app that, okay, that killer dap that finally breaks through, we have people like Block Trades on the back end who lives, breathes, scaling, and thinks about this all the time and, and bringing some of this back to what John started with, Hard Fork Day. We've had the size, the, the 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 gigabytes of the blockchain were reduced by a factor of, of two. It was it's a 50% reduction, which people think that's like, well, that's not a big deal. But when you say, okay, and uh, Ho-Wu, you were at the at the High Fest, Ho-Wu said, and he's, he even admitted, maybe his numbers aren't exactly correct, but going from like 700 gigabytes to 350 gigabytes, and it's like, wait a second, we just reduced the size of the blockchain by 50%, which means that if we're growing at 50 gigabytes a year, we could go another seven years before we get back to where we were before. Well, and this is just one hard part. My, my, uh, my Bitcoin node is has gone over half a, half a, half a yeah, it's, it's 550 uh, gig now. So what what what's high at? Do you know? Do you, do you, can you? Look I think at it's, that? it's 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 three sixty or something. Three sixty. After okay. this compression, it went down from seven hundred to three. I, I don't, listen. I tell you, I need to run a witness note. In fact, I've told Andrew I'm going to start helping run his, but um, because I just I need to do it. I should have been doing it all along, actually. Um, but uh, because I just, you kind of don't. You never really understand these things until you're sort of down there running the build command yourself. And uh, I'll, I'll get to that. It's just so much, so much to learn.
But that's but, that, but that, you know for the average person, I don't think they realize how important a step that was because <sighs> that allows you to run smaller servers. It makes your servers more efficient. Even if you run the larger server, it's making it more efficient. It's not running as hard. You, you, it, the performance is better. Then you have the compression where the block a validated the block producer that produces the block compresses the data and all the other witness nodes get the data compressed instead of having yep. to compress it themselves it, it, everything that they're doing is leaps ahead of anything else i mean like i dread to think you, and and but again this is it's incentivized progress progress is incentivized how out is paid Block trades earns money from running this stuff. I mean, I, 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 I think he's. I don't. I don't know what his motivation is, um, but he's such a nice guy, uh, and he's so dedicated to this stuff, and he's so good at it. I, I'll tell you, block trades motivation. He 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 loves creating open source software. He loves, like you said, he's dedicated to this stuff because of the people he knows. The, the cause that is being undertaken. And quite frankly, financially, I mean, obviously, just look at what's in his wallet and then you do the math. If this thing becomes a $5 token, then obviously you see where he stands. But, but he's that's not, not doing his, it for that. He's, that's no, not none his of motivation. He, he, no, he, no, I, it's not. And, and, and not, you know, the same with most of the people I met at HiFest. It's like, I, it's not a get rich quick scheme it's a get rich slowly scheme at the best yeah. um but i don't i'm not doing it i i'm doing it because honestly the world is really in trouble censorship is well, really pod, pod, pod ping is not going to be a major money maker for you no it'll Let's never be, make money and, uh, and b for b is not going to be a major money maker for you um uh, and you no. don't care i i don't care because a the development is being paid for but even even if for example that that it would come out of the dhf forever to keep running it at the kind of cost that it's costing now or or less for for hive to have instant almost free conversion in and out to the network that is having hundreds of billions of dollars thrown at it in vc funds that's priceless for us. It's priceless. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and going back to, to block trades, what he's producing that, you know, however he ends up benefiting from this and, and he'll benefit and that's fine. Uh, but like you said, that's not his primary focus. And he's taking on projects that are getting probably tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars of NBC funding in different ways, or at least he's helping to create the infrastructure that allows people like you, people like Starkers and Dan and, and other people to build this stuff on Hive that you guys are competing against the, the multi-million dollar uh, VC funded apps, but we're at a better system. And another thing that I wanted to ask you about which is this I also get from Block Trades and him and his team really worked hard putting this together. The test net, and I think if I remember correctly, maybe I was like dreaming, but I think I remember reading one of his posts where he said that we basically have a test net that is unrivaled in, in cryptocurrency and blockchain, blockchain because 
what they put together is really incredible testing systems. Did you, before the hard yes. fork, find that to be the case and play around? And what did you find? How robust was it? The test net that we had this time was far, far superior to what I've had on previous, the, the, the previous hard fork, which was the only one I've really worked on. Um, what this, what we did, it's not really a test net. It's, it's called, it was called fake or mirror. Mirror net, I think. Uh, they call it. Mirror net and fake net were, were being used in, in and and what was happening was everything that happened on the main chain was being copied over onto the uh, mirror. Gotcha. But you could also then do stuff on mirror that, you know, it was like Las Vegas, you know, whatever happens on fake net stays on fake net. Um, but it was doing the resource credit calculations on the fake net with the data from the main net and it was it was a bit of a head i wrote a post on it um it's a bit of a head mess to to sort of get into it because you would do a delegation if you if you did a delegation on the main net that delegation would then happen on the fake one if you did a delegation on the fake one or you undelegated it wouldn't be reflected back. So so all your hive power levels would get out of whack uh, and the resource credits would go up and down. But it was where I tested my, I've got, I've got at the moment and I'm watching it on the side of the screen, I've got a bot that is going to give resource credits to the Podping accounts if they get low. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to get low because they've got these huge delegations. But I'm going to slowly withdraw those delegations and I'm waiting to see when this bot that I tested on the fake net kicks in and starts handing out resource credits as it's needed. Uh, and, and in my testing on the fake net, uh, it looked like it was fast enough that if one of my pod ping accounts ran out, you know, in between sending two pod pings, I think I've set it to look every minute. It It's pretty much fast enough so that nothing will get lost or dropped. It'll just sit there and wait for it to get itself, you know, please, sir, I want some more. Uh, and and uh, it'll go out with his begging bowl and then my bot will drop some more resource credits in the bowl. And it, it should, you know, it should work. I've tested it. Uh, but, you know, this is the thing. It is, it's like, like, like this guy who did his test of his 998 signed block <laughs> Bitcoin transaction. Did he do it on the test net? Hell no. He did it on mainnet. It cost him $4.80 uh, $4. in, um, in chain fees, which in and of itself is actually pretty darn impressive for Bitcoin. Yeah, but he broke um, everything. <laughs> but, but, but he broke a lot of people and and like it was overnight from Suk it was in Israel it was Sukkot uh so I'd had the whole family over for a huge barbecue I'd cooked a, you know enough meat to get me banned from any ESG meeting um and overnight on Sukkot and then, we, you know, we all woke, I woke up to this thing of, you know, emergency, you must patch your node now. And uh, what, a, what a mess. <laughs> One final question. And uh, I don't know if John wants to add some or the peanut gallery, but uh, my final question is Podping 
I what what excites me about Podping is how you have inserted yourself in with some pretty heavy hitters in the podcasting world. You have put something that is is basically a protocol, is a foundation. It, it's it's basically something that could change the industry. In our previous times, we've had you on. You've talked about well, we got to get more of these podcasts and apps. But to do that, you know, it it just takes time. We have to show a track record. Memory serves me. I might be off on this, but you're over a year, I think, of running this, maybe 15 months or whatever it is. So how are you doing in penetrating the podcasting world, this podcast in 2.0 with Adam Curry? Uh, how has the Podping reputation uh, been? I know you're sitting there taking on Bitcoin Maxis, and they sit there and claim, oh, it's on a shitcoin network and all this other stuff. So I know, I know you go back and forth with that, but the real true players in podcasting, where do you stand with this and where does Podping stand? I'll tell you, um, there's a there's a, a very uh, one of the old timers of podcasting uh, that, who who has a podcast show. Uh, basically, um, Blueberry has just he's come on board. He runs Blueberry, uh, and that's one of the big um, hosting companies. But they also do a WordPress plugin that's very very important. They he after a slow start. Uh, this guy Todd Cochran, he's jumped in with both feet, and he's implementing Podping uh, for all his the hosted podcasts that he has, and his PowerPress podcast plugin. Which is, I mean, I, if I look at, I don't know, I haven't looked for a while, but if I look for WordPress, I, I think it's probably one of the. Um, let's see, PowerPress plugin i'm gonna look at i'm gonna look this up but this is now how to wordpress podcast plugin by blueberry i'm gonna just see the number one podcasting plugin for wordpress it has active installations fifty thousand plus it says here it's it's a biggie uh and it's all gonna switch to pod ping and we've gone i think we've gone past 12 or 13 percent of all active or podcasts that have been active in the last three months are using Podping now. I think we're we're reaching that tipping point where an Apple or a Google is going to have to take note of it. It's coming. It's it's really coming. And and we, in fact, we don't really know. There's an, there's actually another major WordPress plugin that has got Podping support as well. And it's hard to track how many are using it uh, because they all have unique domain names. It's easy when it's like a hosting company. So it is, and it's and it's getting spoken about. It, it came up at the most recent podcast movement conference, uh, you know, not just because Adam Curry and Dave Jones mentioned it, but I think Todd Cochran mentioned it from the stage. It's getting, it's it's in the trades. And, you know, sometimes they say pod ping and it's on hive. And then, um, you know, then they say it's a blockchain, but shh, don't, don't worry about that bit. Just, it just works. And, you know, because most people's brains have not yet comprehended that you can do things with blockchain technology other than money. This, and even the Bitcoiners, they, I, I mean, I put out a tweet the other day. What was this tweet? I, I've got to remember this tweet because it's profound. Um, 
because you know it's like I spend all my time reading about these people calling me a shit coiner, and um, <laughs> I, so I said, what makes someone simultaneously believe that Bitcoin is perfect and that the blockchain idea at its core will never be successful in any other application? Because that's those are the two things you have to believe to think that Bitcoin is unique. It's like there's actually other parts of Bitcoin that the Bitcoiners don't understand. You know, the, the success of Bitcoin is because it incentivized the people who run the hardware, but only but out, them. Out like, of inflation, no less. Not everyone wants of inf inflationary. It's like, wait a second, you run your network Not, based on inflation. And and look at the early inflation of Bitcoin. It was off the charts. It was mm -hmm. massive. You know, when people were picking up 50 Bitcoin per per uh, wow. per hash and you could find a hash basically with a pen and paper um, <laughs> with a calculator i think the early blocks were mined on a calculator uh, yeah you know it's like uh, but we we've we haven't yet scratched the surface of what and it's not that it's blockchain it's a permissionless database that's it that, that's at the core of what we're doing. And then what, what Hive has added is the actual working database that you put on the top to make your custom JSONs into something useful. Now, we don't even really use that yet for Podping, but, but it's coming. And the live notifications, I can't tell you enough. I mean, I'll say it every time. I think the live notifications changes the world. I really do. Because cross-app notifications of real-time events doesn't exist does not exist there is no global message bus twitter could have been that global message bus if they didn't arbitrarily delete people for for saying write it out a hundred times or i'll cut your balls off but twitter can't be the world's global messaging app because you don't know whether your account is going to be there in the morning because it might think you're a bot or it and the other reason why Twitter can't be there is because it's monetized through advertising at the moment. How do you pay to use it? They don't want bots because bots can't watch adverts. So bots are net negative. In fact, bots do watch adverts and they just then contribute to them defrauding their advertisers. But it's like Twitter could have done what I am doing with Podping and live notifications. They chose not to. Same with Facebook. If you close your platform, you choose not to be open. And that's that's the kiss of death. We we have such a huge, huge advantage by being open. Dude, it's uh, it's exciting. And we're definitely still ruffling feathers because, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Binance tweeted out last night that uh, they will support Hard Fork 26. They tweeted it out. Uh, they have since removed that tweet. Uh, it's no longer oh. on the Binance account at all. So that's fun really? news. Yeah, but is the blog yeah. post it linked to gone? It's it, the whole tweet is gone because I retweeted it and I said thanks, CZ. Um, and um, I went to the thing and the tweet's been disabled. And I went to the Binance account and I can't find any notice of it. So you know. <laughs> I tell you, I, I, that's actually why everything that uh, it's, oh oh I've got to tell you this about about Highfest. You know how I, how I paid for Highfest. 
this is for Khaleesi. Thank you very much. Um, I took HBD, which I get from the DHF. I'm going to say so many three letter acronyms here. I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm in the NSA or the CIA, bro. Um, I took my D, my, I took my, 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 um, <laughs> I took my HBD from a DHF. I transferred it into PHBD on the Polygon chain. I transferred the PHBD and I appeared on my MetaMask. Uh, I then went to, was it Pancake or SushiSwap or whichever one it worked. Oh, or, or even I've got an app. I can do it with, I can actually do it on my phone one inch. On my phone, I I then do a swap of PHBD for USDC probably. C, yeah, because it's I, I I swapped it to USDC. Most of the time, it's almost one for one. Every now and then, the Koreans go crazy, and a, a couple of times I swapped three hundred dollars and got three hundred and sixty. It was great. Um, I take I then send that straight to a crypto.com account that I have. And I have a credit card in my hand that can pay for shit in Amsterdam. So I pay for my flight, my hotel. I even bought uh, iPhones for my kids because the euro had collapsed. <laughs> and um, all with, all via that bridge. Uh, the only I thing think... I had to do was do it slowly. It's like, it, it doesn't work if you want to do a thousand, it, it, the rates go. But if you do a couple of hundred a day, no problem. It, it, that that brings up an important point. I know I was going to shut up, but I think you bring up a very important point. For me, being in the U.S., it doesn't really matter. For John, who's stuck in Canada and he's not allowed out, it doesn't really matter. But for, for most people around the world, when you think about it, HBD and the derivatives, PHBD, BHBD, however you, you want to do it, all of them give these people in Nigeria, in Israel, in the UK, in, in yeah. Malaysia, wherever you are, Japan, it gives you exposure to the U.S. dollar. And if the U.S. dollar, the milkshake theory, if the U.S. dollar is going to keep appreciating against these lower currencies, especially. Yeah, exactly. This except is a great way for people to protect their wealth just yes. by going into HBD. And like you said. Yeah. Now there are some tools to get into, you know, where you can get real money. Yeah, it 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 is definitely working. It's definitely it, it's real. That those on and off ramps. I mean, the, the crypto.com card is the key for me, and and I I can't even get that in Israel. I had to get it via a British address, but. It works. And and that's the other thing is it went through very few changes because HBD to PHBD, I don't know, does he take half a percent or something or less? No, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a tiny about half a percent. percent. Then PHBD to USDC. Sometimes I even made money on that one. And then USDC to, to crypto.com, no, no fee and t just basically just buying euros, which is internal in crypto.com. It's cheap. Uh, amazingly low friction. Because, you know, you could easily lose three or four or five percent mm -hmm. of that going through most uh, transfer systems. So that really worked. I mean, and then you've got my system of doing lightning for the, re for the smaller amounts, but it, it hasn't happened yet in you know, Europe and, and America, but 
it's going to. There are going to be, you're going to be able to pay for the smaller stuff, the coffees and, you know, the incidental, the cash purchases. I think that that will come, that they're putting so much money into Lightning that it's going to happen. John and I are just waiting for the V V for V credit card or debit card to, to show up and then we'll have it. Oh, I haven't got them next to me. Um, I, I mean, I've got these, uh, I've got these NFC cards, but uh, programming them is still a bit of a nightmare. You need an Android phone and the, it's real hooky stuff, but uh, it, it will happen. It will happen. There will be an NFC card linked to your Hive account. I think you'll probably have to give me $50 or $20 to hold because uh, I don't think you wouldn't want it linked to your main Hive account anyway. Mm -hmm. You'd want to put $20 on it and know that there's only $20 on it. Um, but I, I, I think six to eight months on, I'll be able to have those and mail them out to people. <laughs> There you go. Which will be really okay. interesting. Oh, well, we're all working hard to screw around, screw the existing system and anything that's KYC, AMSL, AML, anything that you screw with us in our freedom, we're figuring out ways around it. You know, exactly. We're, we're trying to build decentralized this liquidity pool that, you know, anything you want. It's like, okay, screw you people, SEC, you want to do your stuff. We don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it is. Brian of London's in London. He doesn't give a crap what Chair Gensler says at the SEC, excuse me, of in Israel. And you don't care what uh, <laughs> Chairman Gensler says at the SEC. He can kiss your hind end for all you care. Tuchus. Yeah, you're Tuchus. <laughs> I have a license for this word. Like... Good stuff. <laughs> uh, dude, uh, always Shkili a pleasure, man. Um, oh. Anyway, see, I need to know. This sounds like some bad That'll words. That'll get you banned in lots of places. Nice. Yeah. Well, that was for that was for S the SEC and Gensler for, directly from Brian of London in Israel. What did I say? Where did right. I say you yeah. were? He's in London. You said he was in London. <laughs> Brian, Brian of London in London. Brian in London. Brian of London. You can see where the confusion might come from. It's but, been a pleasure, guys. Thank you very much for having me on again. Appreciate hey, thanks you, man. for clarifying and, uh, that and join us on Hard Fork Day and explain some of the technicals that John and I really have no idea about. Happy to fork you anytime. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 before I go. Yeah. Kara Swisher had, an, had a podcast. Kara Swisher and um, uh, Scott Galloway. I hate listening to them. I hate them, but I listen to them. She had a podcast on the New York Times, and so which was called Sway, but that came to an end. So she stopped doing Sway, and that feed just sat there in all our podcast apps doing nothing. And then the other day, it like it downloaded a new episode, and it had changed its name, and it was called Hard Fork, and it is. It's a show by um, uh, the tech guy at the New York Times and then an independent uh, journalist who does his own Substack, stack, uh, Casey Newton, who does. I, I actually read his stuff because he does a lot of in. He knows all the inside stuff about the Silicon Valley people um, in, you know, but hideous lefties, all of them. But 
They called this show Hard Fork and they gave a definition of a hard fork that is just not a freaking hard fork. They, what they seem to say is that forking software is like means you're going to do a massive upgrade and that's sometimes hard. What? And I went and looked and hard fork only exists in blockchain terminology. It, like forking is a software development term. You, you 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 kind of take a project and you fork it to go in a different direction. That's forking. But hard fork, it only applies to blockchains. We did a hard fork today and they can fork off at the New York Times because they know nothing. Sir? Turn that into a YouTube short. That's a, that's a YouTube short. <laughs> uh, right this will be on three speaks. So, Brian, you can't get banned. Have no fear. <laughs> Don't fear. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, your your return, which I'm sure will be uh, soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night. Bye. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week.